0: Online there was the poster that uh stated um I or we need you. And that's the topic tonight that I wanted to share, is that we need you. And that come from the poster from World War One, I. I believe that was 1917 in April when that had come out. And they've actually used it for uh World War II as well. And it says, I want you, and it's got that, you know, that finger that's pointing at you. You know, you couldn't escape it. It was getting your attention. I want you. And of course, the purpose was for the U.S. Army. And then it goes on, it says enlist now. And they actually had, uh, had it listed there. I didn't realize that, but that actually started in Britain. It actually, so the I want you was really a a second from that perspective. So it was a very iconic poster. I wasn't alive in 1917. Uh, so, but I learned that in history. And the purpose was to recruit, recruit people to fight in the war. Well, tonight's topic is we need you. We say God needs you. Isaiah 54, 17. We're going to start here and uh, believe that this will minister to you tonight. Isaiah fifty four seventeen says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And I think about this. Have you ever thought, I'm not good enough? Somebody else can do that. Pastors better. We'll let him do it. I'm not qualified. Have you ever had those thoughts? Well, that's just a lie. That's just a lie and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be listening to those lies. John 844 is very clear that Satan is the father of lies. And if we know that he does nothing but lie to us, then we just simply need to stop listening to him. Our enemy's weapon of choice is simply lying. Nothing that comes from him is worth listening to. I'm not going to listen to him. That means that, that's something I have to purpose within my heart. I have to recognize what well that's a lie, and then put it in its proper proper place. I'm not going to allow him to get me off track. Have we ever started something and then just drifted away, got off track? Well, that's just a lie. And I like I like how it ends in the the last part of. Uh, of 5417 and every tongue or I put and every lie which rises against us, you in judgment, you shall condemn or I shall condemn. So we, we need you. I need you. I can't do this on my own. I need people that are going to come alongside me. I need you. The church needs you. Your family needs you. And of course, our communities. Need you. It's just a simple lie that you can't make a difference. And you can make a difference. Absolutely. You can make a difference. So let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. A little bit of reading here. But this is in preparing for the for tonight. These were two scriptures that had come to me. It says, now, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman Naaman became furious, went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the, river, the all of the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Now, there's a lot of actors in that story. So we. We have uh we have Naaman, of course, um, and he was a leper. He was a man of prominence, though he was a commander. He had a lot going on for himself. We have the Syrians, which he was the, the commander over. And you also had a, a captive young girl that was from Israel. She waited on, on Naaman's wife. She in, in essence she was a slave, right? Verse three says, If only my master were the prophet, were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Then you have Naaman's wife. You have the king of Syria. You have the king of Israel. I like how he says, am I God? He goes, why are you bringing this problem to me? I can't do anything with this. I think we've all been there. Verse eight, the prophet Elijah says, let him come to me and I will show him that there's a king and that there's a prophet in Israel. I like that confidence. I can take care of this. Send him to me. Verse ten, Elisha's messenger. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored to you and you shall be clean. I find it interesting that we all have preconceived ideas of how things should be done. And when they don't go that way, we tend to we tend to respond like Neiman did. We get we get furious. We get mad. I mean that it's just pride. I thought I was I thought I was better than this. Well, he he, he wasn't. He thought he he, he thought so, but that's not how God wanted to move within that situation. Verse 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something simple, I'll just say it that way, or something, excuse me, something hard. He goes, Would you have done it? Well, absolutely. So for, for me, in relationship to the story, I know that the, the, one of the weapons that is used against us as a people is that you're not qualified you can't do that but yet here we see in this great story of a king excuse me of of naaman the the commander he was healed of his leprosy that was no small feat but there were a lot of there was a lot of transactions if you will within that and one of them was with was a a young slave girl she's the one that kind of got the ball the ball rolling she goes, if 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 you can get in front of the, the the prophet in Samaria, he'll heal you of your leprosy. Well, I can relate to her. I can't relate to to Naaman, being a, a the commander of the army. I can't relate relate to him. I'm not a I'm not the king of Israel or the king of anything. I can't relate to that. But I can relate to her. I think a lot of us can relate to her. But yet she had a very integral part in this. For, for Naaman getting his healing. Naaman's servants, as well. They knew that their that that Naaman was mad, and yet they still came near him. They approached him, and I think that that's a a courageous thing that he did. He was very bold in doing that. And it says, and then they spoke to him. I don't know about you, but there are times where I definitely get performance anxiety. And yet they felt as though they needed to do this. What hap- What would have happened if they didn't? <laughs> what would have happened if the if, if the 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 captive um, Israeli girl did not mention this? I, I don't know how this story would have read, but we know that they were a part of it. We need them. And yet how many times? Do we do things in our lives that we think are insignificant and small but have a huge impact? It's tremendous. Tremendous. I'm glad that she shared. So much like the the captive young girl, we also have a voice. And we need to share our testimony. That's the easiest thing to share because it's yours. It's something that you've lived, something that you've experienced. And you can you, you don't have to think about it. It just rolls right off your tongue. It's a part of you. It's natural. And you know not have a lot of people in, our, in the world that we live in. They need to hear that. They need to hear your experience. They need to hear your, your testimony that you have with Christ. Don't let the devil lie to you. That's just another weapon that we're going to condemn with our voice. How do we do that? By sharing the gospel with others. Being there. So, Naaman... I think I mentioned this before, but he was courageous and he was bold. And he was an encouragement. I should say they were an encouragement to Naaman. And I, and I, you know, if if you look at the, both of these, both of these individuals, they were serving. How many of us have heard that when you go on a, a, on a missions trip, that the, that you end up getting blessed more than the people that you went to minister to? And there's a lot of joy that comes in serving. Other people. It's absolutely amazing. Okay, so let's turn to Mark chapter 2. Here's another example. That I like. That speaks. Mark chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And when he preached the word to them, then they then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they had, could not come near near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. I want to be one of those four men. Think about the determination that they had. They're going to carry this man's bed. They know that there's a big crowd. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when there's a crowd, I'm going, ah, I'll just go later. I'll wait, or I'll just watch it on TV, right? I mean, a, a small obstacle will keep me away. But yet these men, they weren't. They had a plan, and they were going to go. To whatever lengths that they, that they needed to. So when they get there, it's just busy. They can't even get into the house. They can't even get near the door. But they didn't stop. They thought, we, we need to figure out a solution here. And they did. They went up on the roof. Now, you think about the love that these four had for this man that was the paralytic. To where they're gonna cut into the roof and lower them before the lord uh, before jesus and of course in this example he was healed as well but it was those four men there wouldn't there couldn't have been a healing without somebody being sick and there couldn't have been a healing without christ but there's a gap there and i want to be one of those four men we need you to be one of those four men those four individuals that are willing to do whatever is necessary to help that individual get from sickness to health, and of course we know that that's through Jesus Christ. The healing of this man took place because of their faith and encouragement and support of these determined men you know we we need you God needs you to be that support I like uh, uh there's a book that i'm I, I've read many or I've read it some time ago. And it's called Stretcher Bearers by Michael Slater. And uh, he states in his book, each of us at a moment's notice can suddenly be placed on a stretcher. Unable to deal effectively with the problem or with a problem. In such moments, we will need to have stretcher bearers, people sharing the gift of encouragement and support with us. I want to be one of those individuals. God wants us to be one of those individuals and you probably think well aren't i yeah you are i I sincerely believe that it's just that the devil wants to again he's he's just a liar and he doesn't want to he doesn't want you to realize the the good that you're doing and a lot of times we just simply don't know the good that we're doing you know and that's why we do things by faith and we believe that there's going to be a reward for those things, and, and the reward isn't something that that we consume upon ourselves. But the reward is that we see people get born again. The reward is that we pe- we see people getting healed. We see people overcoming their addictions. We see families getting back together. I mean, it's just a plethora of things that we can see that God wants to do within their lives. Naaman needed the Israel the Israeli young captive. Naaman needed his servants to speak a good word in due season. The paralytic needed these four men. We need you. God needs you. So don't underestimate yourself. Don't. The spirit of God is living within inside of you. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You know, I've heard this said many times. You know, when people ask us a question, sometimes it's okay to say, "I I don't know," but I'll get back to you. You know, keep the communication open. Don't underestimate you. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't allow the cares of this world to diminish your worth. Because when you start to when, when when you start to feel as though you're not qualified. And all of those other reasons and all of those other lies that the enemy is speaking, you end up, what we, what we begin to do is, whether knowingly or unconsciously, we begin to take just a little step back when God's wanting us to press forward. When God wants us to speak that good word in due season. Because a lot of times you don't know how, you, uh, these men, I don't think they knew how Naaman was going to respond, but we need to continue to press in enlist now, right? Enlist now, I like that. All right, so my last scripture reading is in Romans chapter 12. Because a lot of times it says, well, you know, I'm not a pastor, evangelist, you know, teacher, prophet. But yet the Bible does talk about that we do have gifts. And we serve God with those gifts. And when we serve God with our spiritual gifts, what do we do? We're actually serving people, right? Romans 12:4 through 8. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to read verse uh verse verse 3. I'll start there. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I find it interesting that if the devil can't get us in one ditch, he's going to try to get you in the other ditch. And, the, and the, the, the ditch that they're talking about here is don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. But we should think of ourselves as God sees us. We shouldn't think that I'm chopped liver, as my my wife would say. What am I chopped liver? You know, when we were when we were coming back from Vegas, there was uh, uh, these uh, uh, ladies. And of course, Luke was there, and and Malachi was there, and they say, "Hey excuse me how how tall are you?" and Of course, they were talking about how tall they were, you know, and of course, you know I said, well you know if if you were wondering I, i'm five nine, you know because I you know felt like chopped liver, but no I'm not i, I this is who I am, right all right, a little side note there, all right, so we're um yeah so the the the, the devil's always going to try to get you in one ditch or the other, but we should have a healthy idea of who we are and what God has said about us. Okay, verse four. For as many, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts an exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligent, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. We can all do these things. There's really no reason that we wouldn't enlist. There's really no reason that when God speaks to us, that we respond to him so in closing i want to share a story and it's it you know you might think wow that's that's just really cheesy or it you know that's just something small but it yeah it is but it's the small things that make big differences and we don't realize that when we do those small things how it's going to impact people's lives so um Oh my goodness, I was in, in uh, I think I was in high school and uh, I was visiting from Alaska and this is when the church looked a, a lot differently. Uh, you remember the, the ivory chairs that used to go all the way across? You know, I think I was in the third row and uh, uh, Pastor Tom was up there strumming on his guitar and leading praise and worship and there was a song that come on and it was Hosanna in the highest. And I loved that song. Y'all have heard me say, I, I'm not a good singer, but I love to sing. Um, so, uh, and I was so wanting to raise my hands before the Lord because I've never done that before. And that was a really big step for me, right? A really big step. And I thought, you know, I I didn't do it. And I thought, well, I'll have other opportunities. And I thought, yeah, but man, I really, I really like that song, you know, and I'm kind of. Just having this, this war between my, between my ears. And I, I remember telling my brother John about it. And I said, I really wanted to raise my hands. I said, but I just, you know, I just, fear got the better of me. And, um, uh, I, I remember it was August 15th because I was supposed to go, I was supposed to fly back to Alaska. Um, I was just here for the summer. And, um, I, I wanted to, We had another service, so I'm kind of going down some rabbit trails there in my head. Uh, So that, and I don't know if it was a Sunday or or a Wednesday, but Pastor Tom specifically played that song. He played it for me. And I kid you not, that was the first time I raised my hands and, and it was, I was all in. It was, It was God, I, I need you. I, I want to serve you. I want to worship you. And you know what? I've been raising my hands ever since. Ever since because of that one small gesture that was made. And it gave me opportunity. We have great opportunities. God needs you. He wants us to enlist more of our time, more of our resources, more of our prayer time.